0: started oh yeah the visualizer is visualizing yep hey pardon the don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain welcome to magellan's at the movies uh before we start i have a proposal uh for you nathan and for the listening audience they can uh send nathan some kind of I don't know how people get into contact with you. They can try to contact you to give their thoughts on this. What if we did a like movie watch along on Twitch, the the streaming service thing? Because I've heard that people do that sometimes, and we could pay, we could charge exorbitant prices to get in and get the money making machine, get the wheels of the money making machine turning a little bit because we hear at the offices of Magellan's at the movies we're we're struggling we're we're having to leave the lights off for uh most of the day the other day when i went to give jake his daily bowl of gruel in the shed behind the house in the forest i saw that he was he was spicing up his resume so you know we're we're really struggling here listeners uh but what do you think
1: uh I think that's a terrible idea. Most people who've watched movies with me have said how little they enjoyed the experience because I talk quite a bit. As soon as I stop enjoying the movie, I just start dissing the movie, and it becomes a very unpleasant experience for everyone who is enjoying the movie and trying to enjoy the movie. And well, so I, I don't know about that.
0: It could just be me, and I wa- I am completely silent when i watch a movie so i could just get the stream started not say anything and then even by the time the credits are rolling i won't even address the the viewing public i'll just lean over and end the stream and that'll be that
1: <laughs> well yeah i mean if if people will pay to just watch you watch a
0: movie <laughs> <laughs> well they will be watching along with me uh, is the is the thing
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a community experience. Exactly. Sure. I mean, well, if I get a lot of positive feedback about this, then feel free.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For the record, uh, that will not be happening. Even if, well, I mean, I guess if somebody promises, like, I'll pay you $1,000 for that, then yeah, sure. I have bills to pay. And I would split it with you, Nathan.
1: Oh, sweet. Yeah, well we're we're always quick to sell out for a for an easy buck. So
0: we are. We would probably we would probably end this entire affair if somebody offered us like a nickel each to just stop. We would be like, Yep, sold.
1: I don't know, maybe a bit more than that.
0: Maybe two mm. nickels. Maybe a quarter.
1: Yeah, a quarter each. Yeah, I also wanted to congratulate us for officially hitting the, the highest number. We've hit 24 episodes. This is our 24th episode. It's actually our 25th, but 24 is the highest number. <laughs> that, that's a joke for all of you Mr. Show fans out there. Anyway, anyway, let's get started with the actual episode. <laughs> uh, since this week is a wildly popular holiday celebrated mainly in America probably only in America I'd imagine
0: actually a lot of countries have equivalent holidays like Thanksgiving so Canada does I think Mexico does as well yeah
1: what does Canada call it
0: that's a good question I'm not sure what
1: thankfulness day
0: maybe I don't know I can't tell if you're actually asking or if you're just making a stupid joke Given your stupid grin, I would say the odds are stupid joke.
1: I was trying to think of like a funny Canadian related way to say Thanksgiving, but I couldn't think of anything except maybe like Thanksgiving A, like Thanksgiving Day A.
0: Okay. Let's move on.
1: (laughs) Anyway, because uh, this week is Thanksgiving, we decided to watch a classic Thanksgiving movie. And so we picked uh, Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. It was intentional. We chose it because of its Thanksgiving properties, not because of anything else. And we did not pick it and then realize it had Thanksgiving properties after the fact. So, uh, yeah, Spider-Man, it was the first comic book adaptation of the character Spider-Man, first of now three, done by Sam Raimi coming off of his Evil Dead franchise. Uh, I think it's the one that a lot of people our age, Elliot, probably grew up with. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco. And so, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I hadn't watched this movie in quite a while. But it was the Spider-Man. I mean, I remember watching this as a kid. I remember playing the Spider-Man 3 video game on PlayStation 2 a lot. Yeah, I have very fond memories of this Spider-Man and this iteration of the character. So I was excited to revisit it and see how it how it held up. Were were you excited to do that, Elliot?
0: <laughs> I had actually already seen this fairly recently, but uh yes, I was excited to to talk about it because like you said, this movie was a legitimate big part of my childhood and your childhood. I don't remember watching this movie, but I remember when we talked about Godzilla, you said you mentioned the tradition the that we had where whenever one of our parents was gone, the other parent would Show us, show us a movie, and we would have pizza or whatever. It's very strangely ritualistic now that I think about it. But uh, I remember that Spider-Man Two was one of those moments. We rented it from Family Video. Got got some uh, some of the good pizza from Pizza Hut. There's a product placement. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, even Spider-Man Three. Well, because I saw it when I was a child and I was stupid and I still thought that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the best Indiana Jones movie, I thought it was fantastic. I don't think that anymore, for the record. But yeah, the video games... uh, I used to have a Spider-Man costume from this movie that I would wear all the time. I'm reliably informed by my father that uh, I was so in love with the costume, I would be unwilling to leave the house without it for fear of my secret identity being discovered not sure how that makes sense unless i wore all the costume but the mask because everyone's not wearing a costume uh most of the day so everyone's secret identity is on display i don't know i was stupid didn't did i not mention that i loved kingdom of the crystal skull i was a stupid child so yeah and uh just to get it started Rewatching it, I I loved it. I had such a great time with this movie. I th- I thought it was so much fun. It was just the right amount of cheesy without being ridiculous. It was so sincere, <laughs> and uh, my goodness, Willem Dafoe, he is. He is giving it 150% in this role, and I am here for it all day. I think Green Goblin in this movie is absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I would second what you said about the tone. I wrote in my notes that it's inc- it's an incredibly corny movie but it never feels so corny that like the darker moments, like when uncle Ben dies feel like stupid or you're like, well, that's a bit much that it's very corny. It's very, this came from a time when like, when they designed the costumes for comic book things, they were just like, just do exactly what was on the page. So like green goblin there's no way Oscorp made the flight suit look like that. There's <laughs> surely they weren't like, oh, the flight suit looked like oh, a little goblin guy. <laughs> but it it it's it's so sincere in bringing the comic book. I mean, J.K. Simmons looks exactly like J. Jonah Jameson from the comics. The Spider-Man costume is really close. Toby Maguire looks like a thirty-year-old, even though he's only like twenty-something in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so I think tonally it is so fantastic. And I think it's a breath of fresh air watching this after like Black Panther just last week that came out or Thor Love and Thunder or any of the modern sort of Marvel movies that it's just such a far cry from those movies which are so tongue in cheek with sincerity where they're like, oh, we can't be so corny because it's not cool to be that corny. And then going back to this movie that's like, yeah, he's going to say, with great power comes great responsibility. And then he's going to have a monologue ringing in his head or something in moments that they're okay with being corny. And I think it really serves to this movie's benefit.
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm glad that you used the word sincerity because all throughout when I watched rewatched this movie, I was just thinking, I could not stop thinking about linus from it's the great pumpkin charlie brown talking about how his pumpkin patch needs to be sincere in order to invoke the spirit of the great pumpkin so i was in my inner monologue was always just linus being like oh this movie nothing but sincerity as far as the eye can see (laughs) and it does it does it plays everything not seriously but sincerely but oh there's a bird in my window well. That's in- interesting. He must be a fan. Sorry, I don't have time for autographs right now. I'm recording. Um But yeah, I think that the way this movie ducks the charge of being He's really going crazy. Oh my gosh. I'll let him I'll let him out once we're done with this. Dang. Or maybe he'll just kill himself. All right, so, anyway, I'd just like to say, because I really want the listeners to know that we've had a bit of a break there after that very well, smooth, smoothly done edit that Nathan has put in. Um, I li- my room is in the basement, and I have a window well uh, next to it, and a groundhog has fallen into it. Uh, and it was really distracting and intensely amusing so we've had a we've had a bit of a break to kind of deal with that or at least you know react to it i'll deal with it later <sighs> anyway so yeah the way that this movie avoids the charge of campiness to the point of to the point where it gets cringeworthy i think is that yeah it plays all of its corniness with sincerity it doesn't take itself seriously but it takes itself sincerely like it's making it's it's i don't know it's hard to describe but it's making like a good faith effort to sell you on on the uh On the corniness of it. Like, it acknowledges it as corny, but it also acknowledges that it's corny in a really good way. Like a kind of childish, sort of innocent way, I guess would be a good way of putting it. And it just makes the movie so much fun and so heartwarming when Spider-Man's just being a nice guy, helping people out. And of course, the the main draw of Spider-Man, I think, has always been his relatability that he's just a a fairly awkward, socially, not inept, but socially kind of shy high schooler who's got a lot of real-world problems, like uh, he's got a crush on a girl who doesn't really recognize him or doesn't know that he exists or whatever. He's got uh, a best friend who's a bit of a tool. He's got academic problems work problems and yeah it all just coalesces into such a such a delightful charming movie that like you said is worked is played in such a way that the much darker elements of it cuz there are much darker elements of it especially the last confrontation between Spider-Man and Green Goblin is fairly brutal but it just feels very, like, tale esque You know, like the sort of old Disney, where things could get fairly scary and intense, at least for kids' movies. Uh, and this isn't really a kids' movie, but for, you know, this kind of audience. While still maintaining that sunny outlook that you know is eventually going to win the day.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think this movie also represents, it's not so, it's not as corny as like the original Superman movies or even as like the Tim Burton Batman movies, but it's still not as serious as like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy that I think it finds itself in a very nice happy medium between the two where it's very corny at times. It's got montages, it's got narration, it's got questionable cgi of him swinging around the city but it's also got those darker sort of moments in terms of actors since you mentioned how much you love william defoe in the movie and i would agree with that that william defoe is really fantastic and is a true delight i also think kirsten dunst or at least i thought this time that she's doing a very good job with a role that is not great and gets worse as the trilogy goes on, that Mary Jane really becomes very insufferable by the end of the trilogy. But I don't think that's Kirsten Dunst's fault. As well as I think Mary Jane is trapped in a significantly darker, more dramatic movie where every man in her life is like an abusive scumbag and Peter is like the only one. I, I really I really related to her father saying, you know, you're a failure, you'll always be a failure, because dad says that to me all the time, just constantly.
0: Right. There's another shout out for dad, although one that he's probably finds significantly less welcome.
1: But then I I also I think the same thing about Harry, that Harry is also trapped in a significantly darker in a lot of ways, more interesting drama about trying to live up to his dad's expectations while at the same time trying to become a good person. Um, and this is where I kind of have to critique it a bit. I don't think Toby Maguire or James Franco are all that good in either of their respective roles. I love Toby Maguire and he's always been my Spider-Man because I was a kid so he was spider-man when i was a kid when i was most likely to be like oh i want to be spider-man so i love him for that but there's a lot of scenes where he's got a real blank dead expression when i feel like he should maybe be emoting a little bit and maybe this was just a 2000s thing because christian stewart does the same thing in twilight where she just seems fairly unfazed by things that should maybe upset her but yeah, I don't think Toby Maguire is all that I think he's very good in some scenes. Like when Uncle Ben dies, I think it's a decent acting, but for the most part, I some of these scenes were kind of rough. I was like, oh, Toby is struggling out here.
0: I I didn't really notice, to be honest. I thought he was I thought he was fine. I think that he's his performance is very much in line with the rest of the movie's sincerity. Um He's making a very sincere effort. Uh, Yeah, I don't really... I never really got the sense that he was phoning it in or that he was deadpanning or anything. I do, however, think that James Franco is not the best in this movie just because part of it is that his character is just kind of whiny and kind of a tool, like I said, But yeah, also part of it is that James Franco just perpetually has this really annoying, petulant child expression on his face that I find, I just find, I just personally find really irritating. But uh, yeah, so I can, I can sort of see what you're talking about there. I, I think that Kirsten Dunst is not amazing, um... She's apparently, I looked on the IMDb for this, she was 19 when this movie was being shot, and she looks so much older. Maybe it's makeup, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the it's, it's weird. And her character is re- a really unfortunate version of the damsel in distress. Like, she has no real agency, no real development... Uh, she's literally just there to be a love interest for, uh, for Spider-Man, and it's, it's unfortunate. But let's, let's talk about Willem Dafoe, because my goodness, he's amazing. His evil laugh is legitimately one of the most terrifying sounds I have ever heard a human being make.
1: Well, I think while well, we're talking about William Defoe, we should talk about the other just cannot compute fantastic performance of J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. So iconic they had to bring him back for No Way Home in the same. And I'm pretty sure he also voices J. Jonah Jameson in almost all like animated Spider-Man things. This is so incredibly iconic and perfect. Him yelling uh, at people and the character is so phenomenally done. I was dying laughing at like every scene with Jameson. It is just so funny to me.
0: Well, I think that this, that both J.J. Jameson and Green Goblin are two more examples of how the movie takes things that are very much over the top and very campy, but plays them very sincerely. Like, uh, Green Goblin slash Norman Osborn is such a Shakespearean character, and the way that he talks to himself is so overblown and, I don't know, over-exaggerated that but he plays again he plays it so sincerely that you just buy it you just buy into it even though people like this absolutely do not exist or i i hope they don't exist i wouldn't want to meet them and the same goes for jk simmons who yeah this is a character defining performance
1: <laughs> yeah i'd also i also think and to talk about kind of the emotional Part of the movie, and I think what the emotional heart of Spider-Man is as well, the with great power comes great responsibility, that this movie does a better job than I remember it doing, of making Spider-Man doing good a real... It presents it as a challenge to him, that the scene with Uncle Ben in the car, I think is such a phenomenal scene, when he's like, look, this is when you kind of decide who you want to be and that you can almost see how the diverging paths of Norman and Peter, that each of them are gifted powers, but each of them with how they kind of were already the kind of person they already were is then amplified by their powers that Norman was already kind of a greedy, selfish person who not a great father, clearly to Harry, that he maybe wants to do good. He has a part of him that wants to be a better person, but he's never able to really achieve that. And so Green Goblin becomes, you know, amplifies these worst parts of his personality. Whereas Peter just kind of wants to help people and he struggles with that, obviously, but we see him as he gets his powers and then losing Uncle Ben, he realizes that he needs to do good. And I think it's a really fantastic thing that this movie takes place over the course of almost like a year, I think. it It's a very long film in terms of the period of time the film covers, but I think it does a great job of setting up that, right, Spider-Man as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and kind of putting him as a bit of an icon in the city. And so it it makes... I just think it's a very good version of an origin story where you get both the origin, but then you also get near the end there of like just classic Spider-Man, spider Manning.
0: Yes, I, I, I agree. And I think that without the emotional center, I think that this movie would not work at all because it is very much different from the other, the MCU movies, which are, which have a at emotional beats and empathetic characters. The degree to which it succeeds, I think, is debatable. But I think that most people would agree that MCU movies are really about huge stakes, spectacle. And there's a bit of that in Spider-Man, but it's not it's not what people are there for because a it's not very spectacular and B yeah, the, the, (laughs) the choreography is not all that special. Uh, the wire work is pretty obvious. The CGI is, (laughs) Oh boy. It's, it's very computer generated. And so I think if you don't have that sincerity and the, Emotional core of the character drama that really grounds the movie's actions. I think then, yeah, this movie would be an absolute flop. And I, I do think because so I recently actually rewatched the entire trilogy, and the one thing that really stood out to me was just how Shakespearean it all is. Uh, not just in how it's very elaborate. Very character focused. Uh, it's the action is by action, I mean the way the plot unfolds is very much d- derived from relationships and character dynamics, how people interact and the choices that they make, but also just in the way that people in the exaggeration of the acting and like in Spider Man 2. You know, the whole subplot of Harry trying to kill Spider-Man culminates in him about to stab him with an ornate dagger. <laughs> it's, it's right out of Shakespeare. And, oh my gosh, I, I love it so much. And I think that that's a lot of what's missing from the third one. But in these first two movies, that focus on character relationships and dynamics is yeah that's a big part of the emotional heart of the movie which is beyond furthermore a big part of why this movie works so well in my opinion
1: yeah i also think that this movie has such a great i mean along with sort of the sincerity there's a real joy to the movie that you don't really see and that you only get from like golden age sort of comic books that the scene of him testing out his powers and like the first shot of him climbing up the wall for the first time which i think is a fantastic shot the way it kind of pans around to go up with him and then he looks down and he's right just so excited that he's doing this thing I think there's just an incredible amount of joy in the movie and it makes it really fun to then watch the movie that it's not, which is not to say that movies that are maybe darker treat being a superhero with a bit more severity or bad, but it just makes this movie a significantly more fun experience that he's not constantly bogged down with like ethical questions or stuff. I think there's a time and place for both of them, but. I think for this movie and for this character, especially of Spider Man, it makes for an incredibly enjoyable watch. And I also think this movie is quite funny that there's just, and some of it is because of lines that are said very interestingly and have now entered somewhat the cultural zeitgeist, such as almost every line that William Defoe says.
0: You've got to stop pronouncing Willem Dafoe's name as William. You just have to stop.
1: Willem Willem Dafoe.
0: Sorry. Yeah, Willem.
1: Uh, are Are there any other aspects of this movie that you'd like to... I feel like we're really touching on a lot of the positives, sort of. But what are maybe some negatives for you?
0: Okay, well, first of all, I just want to echo your sentiment there and kind of expand on how... I think that in... A lot of mar- Marvel movies these days, um, especially the more recent ones, at least the more recent ones that I've seen, i it's been a while since I've seen one, but also in the early phases of the MCU and definitely in the DC movies, the way that heroes and heroism is portrayed is bound up in a lot of snark and cynicism, and sarcasm, where there's, you know, it's not nearly as sincere. There's a much greater acknowledgement of the fact that this is all fairly ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's like a more comedic take on the realities of what it would take to create an actual environment like this uh, than the much darker, more introspective, kind of reflection that you have in Watchmen, uh, the comic book, the graphic novel. I haven't... Well, I have seen the movie. I don't remember it. And so, yeah, again, I we just keep on coming back to the, the theme of sincerity, where in this, the archetypes are a lot more archetypal. They're played a lot straighter. Uh, you know, like you said, there's no real ethical quandaries. Spider-Man is clearly a good guy, Uh, Green Goblin is unequivocally a bad guy uh, and they fight and good ends up winning. And I definitely agree that there, I love clearly, I love darker movies that are more complex and are more interested in sort of diving into the reality, ideological realities of good and evil and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's so it was so nice to kind of come up for air with this movie, with its much more sincere take on these icons of popular culture. Uh, as far as negatives go, we've already talked about some of the problems with the characters and the acting, uh, particularly as they relate to Harry Osborne and Mary Jane. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I just had so much fun watching this movie. I, I feel like I, it felt like it got to a point where trying to point out negatives would have... Trying to, like, critique it would have detracted from the experience, if that makes any sense. Like, I would have had to disengage from the movie to an extent where I would just feel like I was... Like I was bullying some uh, some kids' story about uh, a well, a knight slaying a dragon and saving a princess for being derivative or sloppily told. Because a, I first of all, I don't think that this is derivative or sloppily told. I think it's very well told. It is obviously derivative, but b, everyone's just having such a such a good time with it that you would just feel like a total jerk and the ultimate buzzkill. So I, I don't know you, you can talk about uh, now that I've essentially set it up where you have to admit that you're a buzzkill and a jerk in order to talk about negatives. Uh, do you have, do you have any negatives, Nathan?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's funny that you say that. Cause I feel like everyone has some of those movies where, yeah, you're like, I'm aware that this could be better but at the same time, I, to be mean to the movie, it feels like mean spirits, like, oh, you hate fun? Oh, you, you think something's wrong with the original Spider-Man? Oh, I guess you hate being happy. That It's very true, and I think the fact that a movie can instill that sort of feeling in a person goes to show the quality of the film. Having said that, <laughs> I think like you said the characters are very archetypal but that also means that they are prone to the weaknesses of those archetypes like you already kind of said Mary Jane is the archetypal damsel in distress and so because of that she literally she has very little to do in the film uh Harry is mostly in this film as a setup to what he will go on to do later in the trilogy he has very little to do In this movie itself, I think I already said that I don't think Tobey Maguire is the best person to ever play Spider-Man. I don't think he's necessarily the worst, but I I think he's a bit dead at some points. Uh, I think we've already talked about the CGI that is not great at all points. And I think there were a few moments in the movie where I was like, this is fun and this is funny. But this is maybe a bit much, especially early in the movie when Flash and, like, the other people were bullying Toby. I was like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, these guys need to chillax. I mean, when they kept bumping, I'm like, why do they care so much about this kid? No one on Earth who's a bully would hyperfixate on Peter Park. He's such a nondescript person. Like, when he gets on the bus, even, like, a woman who I would say is not maybe conventionally attractive was like, You can't sit with me, Peter. I was like, Where do you fall in the hierarchy that you can say that to him?
0: Wow, Nathan, you're you're really dancing on the edge there, I gotta say.
1: Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Peter was being bullied by people, even by people who I would not say was like top of the food chain sort of people. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, just keep on digging.
1: <laughs> but other otherwise, I don't think there's, there's really not much else that I can dislike the movie for. I mean, it's very corny, and I do think there's maybe some... Mm, there's a few places where pacing-wise it drags a bit and then speeds up through things that I'm like, eh, that should have maybe been... Because, I mean, it it speeds through pretty much the entire summer in a montage. But otherwise, yeah, I really like this movie. I think my only complaints are really just that I think there's some fairly half-baked sort of characters that I think could be better. That, like, Harry's place in Peter's life is very interesting in the comics, and he represents a very interesting character in the comics, And he's just really a nothing sort of person in this. And then Mary Jane is, uh, like we've said, essentially just a human crash test dummy for Spider-Man to save in different scenarios.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but even if I were to acknowledge your uh, sexism and classism there, uh, that you're trying to pass off as... Criticism of a movie, I think that I just can't bring myself to dislike this movie. I, part of it is definitely the nostalgia factor. Like this is a big part of my childhood. Uh, Spider Man was my childhood hero, but part of it is yeah, I I legitimately think this is such a great sincere movie, and there are so many little moments of just that just warm my my cold dead heart. Like, even when I was a kid, I always loved the moment when Green Goblin tries to find Spider-Man by interrogating J. Jonah Jameson, and he busts into his office and he asks him who takes the pictures of Spider-Man, and J.J. protects Peter. Like, he, he says that he doesn't know, which almost implies that he th- he kind of knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, or at least has a suspicion. But it definitely shows this much more caring side to him that, yeah, it, I don't know, it just, it just makes me smile. I'm smiling just thinking about it. Maybe you can hear it in my voice.
1: He, he is smiling. And I think, I think that's very legitimate. I feel like I feel that way about Spider-Man 2, which I rewatched uh, a while ago, but close enough that I can remember rewatching it. And that movie, I just thought was such a phenomenal. I think the characters have more to do. I still think Mary Jean's not fantastic, but I think Harry is significantly improved. I love Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, So I'm a big fan of Spider Man 2, and I feel much the same way about that movie as you do about this movie, it sounds like. And then Spider Man 3 is just pff, an unparalleled masterpiece. <laughs> <coughs> Alright. Any closing thoughts before we get into our um, ratings?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I I feel like we haven't talked enough about Willem Dafoe and how much I love him (laughs) in this movie. (laughs) Green Goblin is my favorite part of this movie. He's so much fun. He's legitimately intimidating. Uh, Willem Dafoe is fantastic. Uh, He's one of the best performances (laughs) I've ever seen in my entire life. And yeah, he's such a great villain i mean he's he's such a straightforward archetypal kind of mad scientist villain and he's played so sincerely here and done so well he's such a good foil for the you know the pure goodness of spider-man and the pure evil of green goblin it's you know there's a reason why those kinds of dynamics are timeless is because they're endlessly compelling or at least they're they're fundamentally compelling when they're even done a little bit right and i think that it's done really well here and i just i cannot get enough of green goblin and i was i my legitimately i was legitimately disappointed in how underutilized he felt to me in spider-man no way home but that's a story for another time
1: antagonist
0: yeah, sort of, but then he like he like disappears for a big chunk of the movie, and then when he comes back, there's not really much of a confrontation. I mean, he has a br- let's not talk about it. That's a story for another time.
1: Well, I just wanted to say that I'm I really like the um, soundtrack to this. I don't know if I'd necessarily listen to it maybe casually,
0: but right. Danny
1: Elfman, I think this is a fun a fun soundtrack. I think the score is quite good for this film. And we bring up the score every week, so someone had to do it. Alright, well, Elliot, you give your your rating first, then.
0: Uh I'm I'm going A minus on this one. Um maybe maybe even an A, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of vacillating between them, but yeah, this movie is An absolute blast. Uh, Have I mentioned that I think Green Goblin is fantastic and Willem Dafoe was great as Green Goblin in this movie? Because both of those things are true. And this movie (laughs) absolutely holds up from from my childhood. Uh, I love it. I love it. Wow.
1: I was not expecting that. I mean, you had been talking very big on this movie, but goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way as Elliot, although I think the detractors are a bit more and I don't feel bad being a buzzkill because I am a buzzkill in real life. So, Um, yeah, for those reasons, I think the movie, it's like a 7.1, 7.2 for me. It's a very enjoyable movie. I had fun watching it. I'd love, you know, if people yearly were like, let's watch a Thanksgiving movie, I'd probably pick this. Elliot's shaking his head disappointedly at me. But yeah, I just think Sam Raimi made better Spider-Man movies. So Spider-Man 3, for instance.
0: (laughs) So we were talking recently about, or I was mentioning to you how I felt like Sam Raimi was as out of left field a pick for a director of Spider-Man as Peter Jackson was to direct Lord of the Rings. But when I was on the IMDb for this movie, apparently... He's a huge comic book fan, and his collection is over 25,000 strong, so I I take that back. He was the obvious pick.
1: No, yeah, Sam Raimi is a huge comic book fan. I mean, he's a—I think his favorite hero was Doctor Strange, so he always wanted to do a Doctor Strange movie, so it was nice that he got to do that. Too bad he couldn't have made it good. Anyway, um, (laughs) um— I was going to ask you where this ranked in terms of all the Spider-Man movies that made. I feel like maybe it's superfluous now to ask, because I feel like we could maybe guess. But where does this one rank in terms of all the Spider-Man movies?
0: Including the the MCU ones and the Andrew Garfield ones? Yeah. Oh, I would put it at the top. I would put it at the top easily.
1: That was gonna be a more interesting question when it wasn't so obvious that you loved this movie. Well, <laughs> so where would
0: you where would you put it?
1: It's like third, third or fourth.
0: Good lord. Behind what?
1: Uh Spider-Man 2 and uh Homecoming. I really love I maybe I've never told you, but I really love Homecoming. I think it is such a beautiful distillation of what makes Spider Man a fantastic character. I feel like it's as good a summarization of a comic book character as the Dark Knight is like a perfect distillation of what makes Batman compelling. That I see both of those movies, I think Dark Knight's better, but I see both of those movies as existing in the same sphere of this is just what makes the character good and interesting summarized in like one scene in the movie, in the film. So hmm. Homecoming and Spider-Man 2 would probably be ahead. And then No Way Home, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, I I know I've told you that I don't really like Homecoming. <clears throat> and Far From Home, I legitimately detest. Like, if, In case you were wondering what would be at the bottom of my Spider-Man movie ranking, and indeed, maybe my comic book movie ranking in general, it would be Far From Home despise that movie so wholeheartedly
1: goodness all right well before we lose all of our diehard tom holland fans from listening let's let's suggest let's recommend some movies so elliot you can go first what is your recommendation
0: so my recommendation is very similar to last week's recommendation. Um, which will become clear in a moment, Uh, I'm going to recommend the Lego Batman movie for this one. I think that the Lego Batman movie, very much like Spider-Man, is a lot of fun. It's a much more lighthearted, sincere take on a character who's typically played much more seriously. Spider-Man is always fairly lighthearted, but he has had his more serious moments. Um... it pokes a lot of fun at Batman and the Batman mythos, but it does so out of a clear place of love. That it's it's also a celebration of Batman uh, over the years, not just as a comic book character, but as like a pop culture icon in the movies and TV shows as well. Will Arna- Arnett is great, and he plays really well with uh, Will or not Will Sarah Michael Sarah as robin uh gosh it's really funny and really well animated it's all like spider-man it's very heartwarming it's got a lot of really compelling character relationships and uh yeah i i I really in case you didn't notice i really like the lego movies um and the lego movie and lego batman movie are both all timers in my opinion so yeah
1: I'd second that. That's a great recommendation, dang. It fits even better than I thought when you first told me you were going to recommend that. Uh, my recommendation is maybe a bit different. It's going to be Captain America, the first Avenger. So the first Captain America MCU movie. And I think it's because it treats the character of Captain America with just as much sincerity as this movie treats Spider-Man. That Captain America's kind of an archetypal good guy he represents right all of these good old American values and this movie plays that very sincerely and I think it really pays off it's a really fun movie I always thought it was one of the better phase one movies watching it as a kid and then even going back to it now I really like it I think Red Skull is great Chris Evans is a fantastic cast for Captain America And, yeah, so if you've never gone back to see it because you've seen people say it's not that great or that Winter Soldier was better, I think you should go back and watch it. It's a lot of fun. Tommy Lee Jones is in it, and I just think he's great as a grumpy old guy, which is kind of what he plays in every movie.
0: (laughs) Too bad he doesn't have a country.
1: Oh, so funny.
0: Thanks. Um,
1: But, yeah, it's a great movie. You should check it out. Okay. So that's it's been that's
0: pretty much it. It's been a wild ride. We've had animal guest appearances. We've talked about Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Great performance, great character. I think in this movie, I feel like I should mention that life is hard and full of disappointments. But other than that, uh, I'm 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 ready to move on.
1: Well, I hope everyone has a a great Thanksgiving or if you're listening to this like, you know, three months from now or something, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day, I guess that would be close to roughly it. But yeah, great job. We got to get a groundhog out of a window well now or something or Elliot does. So (laughs) we'll go and do that. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back again next week with uh, another new episode.